Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time, the Sorry FA podcast powered by BitPix. Today we are joined by Carl Stanley. Carl is Wembley's grand manager and has been working at Wembley for over 10 years. Prior to this time with the, the FA, Carl worked for the Premier League side Southampton FC. He and his team looked looks after the pitch, which hosts domestic finals, including that of the men and women's FA Cups, the Carabao Cup, and will be used for the semi-finals and finals of the Euro 2020 this summer. The stadium is also frequently transformed into a major concert venue and no doubt presents plenty of challenges to Carl and his colleagues. Carl, it is a pleasure to have you and joining us in, in our podcast today. No, thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. So first, let's get straight into it if you want. Um, tell us about yourself. What is your role at the FA? So my role at the FA is grounds manager uh, at Wembley Stadium. So looking after the pitch, uh, the hallowed turf, probably one of the most famous pieces of grass in the world. Um, and my job and responsibility is to deliver that pitch in a safe and playable way every event that we host throughout the year. Um, and to also lead a team of, uh, of four other grounds people um, who have been with me uh, since way back in 2006, a few of them, when we first opened. So, um, yeah, really, it's an over, overview of the whole department in the grounds uh, at Wembley Stadium. Nice, nice. Uh, we spoke about your background on uh, Southampton FC and the 10 years at, at Wembley. Uh, how do you find yourself in the role at, at Wembley? Like, how do you get there? Well, been in the well, yeah. It really started quite strangely. Uh, I was at school years and years ago. I think we all were, um, and it started off with a bit of a fascination in horticulture, um, and it really set alight from that point. I mean, I'm I'm a, a born lad from Southampton, so on the south coast, um, and I used to grow things like cucumbers and tomatoes and all sorts of stuff in my parents' back garden. Now, as a young teenager, yeah. Way back then, it wasn't the sort of thing to be sort of uh, to be doing. And again, I was a bit interested in it. I was intrigued. It's not the sort of thing that you do in school. Um, there's no it's not a PE class or an English or a maths. It's quite different. It involves a little bit of science as well. Um, so I was doing the, quite a bit of uh, horticultural work in the back garden of my parents with tomato plants and stuff like that. And um, I was quite a good lad at school, but one day I got put in attention. I think we've all been in that place. Yeah. Uh, and it was for some maths homework, which I will not lie to you. Uh, I'm not very good at my maths. Um, I got an E um, for my GCSEs <laughs> and uh, I got put in detention. And they said, well, you either do detention. And I'm thinking, please don't tell my parents I'm in detention. Or you can go and do um, some time with a career advisor. I took the career advisor option um, and uh, we spoke about my future. And as a young lad at a secondary school, um, what do you want to do in the future? Um, my mum was working in Winchester Hospital. Um, my dad um, owned his own printing business. Do I want to follow them? Um, but I was always someone who wanted to make their own route in life and, and have something that I was really passionate about. Um, and I spoke to the career advisor. Next thing you know, what do you like doing? And I opened up. I like to sort of look at growing vegetables in my parents' back garden. And the more I started speaking about it, the more she could see that actually it was a passion that I had. Starting something from seed and growing it into a plant and then having a fruit at the end that you could all share and eat. And that was the good thing I liked about it. Um, but also my fascination was sport. Um, I was a season ticket holder at the Dell um, for Southampton. 
And um, yeah, it was a massive thing. That I enjoyed watching football and love sport. So we looked at being a greenkeeper, which is in golf. Um, wasn't very intrigued with that. And I was a bit unsure. Um, but then grounds person. And I said, right, where do I go to educate? Luckily, about 25 miles away, there is a horticultural college which teaches groundsmanship. Um, so I decided to go to Sparshot College just outside Winchester, uh, two years of a higher national diploma with a work experience in between, which was luckily at Southampton Football Club, which was my passion, sending a letter to them, asking if they had any jobs for the summer. They came back and said yes. 10 weeks work experience in between these two years turned into 18 weeks work experience and I could not leave. I enjoyed working at the football club more than I did my educational side. Um, and they said to me, right, you've got to go back and do your education, Carl. Um, as a, an 18 year old, um, you need to get education. So for me, um, they put a carrot on a stick and they very openly said at Southampton, if you go back and if you get um, not just passes, but you go and get merits, you go and get distinctions, we will offer you a job at the end at Southampton at our training ground. Um, a year later, I passed everything, struggling as it was. Um, when it comes to literacy and stuff, I'm not the best at it, I'll be honest with you. Um, and uh, yeah, the carrot was on the stick. So that was for me to chase. And, uh, a year later, I was at Southampton, um, four and a half years later, um, Wembley Stadium, which as a, a young 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 lad in Southampton being at the National Stadium watching it be built was absolutely fascinating um, but the, the way I got here really was um, my old boss Dave Roberts who is now the Liverpool grounds manager he came for the original role as head groundsman um, at Wembley sadly he didn't get it he was in the final two um, but when he came back to Southampton he spoke to myself um, and a guy called Andy Gray who was his deputy at St Mary's, and he said, I would have probably taken you two with me to Wembley. So as a young 18, 19-year-old, to hear that your boss thinks of you highly enough to take you to the National Stadium was fantastic. Um, and he said to me, another role has come up, and I honestly think, Carl, you should go for it. It says like a, a junior groundsman's role. And um, yeah, I went for the role. Um, after three interviews, ended up um, getting the job at Wembley Stadium as a, a grounds person way back in 2006. Wow, that's a, that's a very long journey and very uh, motivational indeed. Um, let's go a bit more into detail in your day-to-day -day of your job. Um, what, what is a typical day look like for you, attending the Hello Turf at Wembley? It normally starts as soon as I wake up. Um, we've got some really, uh, we've got some quite high-tech stuff here at the stadium. So literally grass will grow 24-7. Uh, grass doesn't have an out-of-office. It doesn't take holidays. Um, when it's Christmas, on Christmas Day, the grass will keep on growing. So my role is very much 24-7. It never switches off. So as soon as I wake up in the morning, um, I've got a wife and a and a 20-month-old daughter. So uh, it's straight up, see the family, make sure we're all good. And uh, I then will log on at home before I've even... Uh, arrived at the stadium and what I do is I dial into all the all the apps that we have so we can look at pitch moisture we can look at webcams so we can actually look at the pitch from above um, and this is all done before 7 30 in the morning um, and we can dial in to see what the diagnostics are of the pitch overnight 
um, like you would do a Formula One team or like you would do with anything that's technical or involves engineering, um, there is technology that you can actually run things 24-7. So that's my first protocol to log into all our portals and to make sure that the pitch has been behaving itself overnight and that all of our parameters that we try and reach to deliver a world-class pitch are being met in the morning. That gives me a little bit of food for thought on the way into work. Um, so on my commute into work, we'll be going through the plan for the day. Um, I've got four grounds team here at the stadium. Um, once we get in the morning, it's a, a quick plan overlook for the day, what we're going to do. Um, I have a senior groundsman, Aunt Sunny, so he'll lead the day-to-day -day operation with the team. Um, and then from that point on, probably 8.30 onwards, um, for me, it can be a day which is normal back-to-back -back meetings with everyone from the event management side to the business, to project management, um, to looking at sustainability in the environment, um, to looking at grassroots football. So for me, I've got quite a varied role here. Number one priority is the pitch. Um, and then for me, it's normally a five o'clock finish, 5.30 finish, um, and then back home from family time. And um, to be fair, most evenings, I'll, I'll sort of do some work throughout the evening to plan uh, for the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks, and sometimes even the next couple of years. So that's what my day-to-day -day looks like between a, a normal Monday to Friday. Nice, so it really is like 24, 7, 30, 365 days a, week, a year, right? Yeah, it never stops. It never has an out of office. So even on Christmas Day, uh, you can look at the webcam, you can dial into the pitch, you can make sure that it's all running and all going well. The only time we don't have a pitch, which is growing grass, is normally during concert season. So um, that's probably the only time that we're not actually nurturing um, Mother Nature within Wembley Stadium is, is during those concert periods. Nice. And heading up to the event in the summer, um, it will be at BC Euro 2020. Uh, does the schedule present any logistical challenges for you? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's two things we sort of look at. The first one is the weather. Um, you, you talk about cricket, for instance, it's a summer sport. You look at football and rugby and actually they're classed as winter sports pitches. Um, so we're running our pitch through a different time of the year. Um, very strangely, because of COVID and previous lockdowns we've had, um, we've actually run our pitch through this summer. Um, which is weirdly and strangely a bit of a dry run for us going into Euros for now next year. Um, but the first thing is the climatic conditions. Um, we have a pitch which is 90% sand and 10% organic um, in the hot temperatures in the summer. Um, you think about if you go to a beach. When you go to the beach, you, you, you get out of the car and you walk towards the beach. How many people have, have taken their flip-flops off and trod onto sand and you've gone, God, it's so hot. And you put your flip-flops back on until you get down to a cooler area, which is normally down the bottom where the, the water's coming in. Now, that is because sand is a very good collector of, of, uh, of heat. So we have sort of challenges going forward with the pitch itself because our pitch is made up of sand and the, the beach analogy there. Um, it does hold heat during the summer. So we need to cool our pitch down a lot during the summer months. But on top of that, you also have the amount of usages that we're going to have for Euro 2020. And it's not just the group games, it's the 16s, it's the, the semi-finals and it's the final. And the final, as many of you will see, if you watch a Champions League game or you watch a Europa League final, um, they also have a closing ceremony. So we've got a large closing ceremony before the final uh, next year, which will come with its own rehearsals. So it's going to be a, a very, very, very busy um, time for us with Euro 2020. Um, but 
there's a lot of excitement in the stadium for Euro 2020. Um, and I think we've just seen the announcement a couple of weeks ago of Scotland coming back to Wembley. And I think there'd be no greater day than the final itself, but also linked into that England versus Scotland at Wembley Stadium. And who who doesn't uh, remember the, the 1996 when we had England versus Scotland and Gaza's goal and uh, and the great tournament then. So I think in the FA and Wembley, um, big excitement, ready for it. Hopefully it's a good one then. Um, for some of you that are listening, Carl was recently in the news for helping out a school in Hastings. Um, when the St. Leonard's Academy Sports Department shared a picture of the repainting of the football pitch on social media, uh, the central circle was had been misplaced and Carl was quick to offer up his help. He helped to save the day for the school. To, so how did so going along this, how do you hear about the issues at the school at Hastings and what prompted you to step up? Um, yeah, it was via social media um, and it was the school who put it into one of their posts um, that I picked up. And actually one of our match day team who work on the event days with us and support our team um, is from Hastings. Um, and I think uh, it was liked by uh, by him and, and it popped up onto my sort of social media um, posts. And sort of, it's one of those things that you think, we can help with that. We can do something here. Um, I mean, I've got a 20 month old daughter. Um, as soon as she's old enough and she understands sort of going out to watch football with me. And, and again, I'm, I'm keen to get her involved in sport and let her find their own way in the world of sport and what she likes to do. And uh, and again, with that, I sort of thought, well, if that was my daughter and she was playing sport and would I step in and help there? And, and it was such a big thing that, again, um, it took a van that we got at the stadium, some paint, some brushes um a large tub of water to make sure the old markings came off and um a three-hour trip down to Hastings from northwest London um we got to the school and uh, we then looked at what we could do we remeasured it all for them as well um we found out what the issue was in the first place and where they had gone wrong um and we put it right for them so with the with the help of a few other people as well we managed to take out the old markings and put the center center circle back on and the halfway line um, and it was great because you looked around and you've got, uh, I think it was a junior school and you've got around about 60 pupils in the playground watching you mark out a white line in a centre circle. Um, and it was great. And the teachers are saying, oh, this, this is the man from Wembley. And from Wembley, oh, we've watched football there. And and it was brilliant. It was such a, a great thing. Um, and to deliver a centre circle and a halfway line, how it looks, how it should look. Um, and the following day, they had all the pupils out there playing football, enjoying football, enjoying sport. Um, that's what it was all about. Um, and it was a it was a really good and enjoyable day, meeting some really wonderful people. Um, and it was good just to make sure that they had what they needed for the children to play on, um, which was great. Yeah, that was amazing indeed. Um, I, I was wondering, is have you helped any other grassroots clubs in, in a similar way before or was this a one-off? Yeah, it's something we've been involved in for a couple of years. Um, and with the FA, with the grassroots programme that we've got, um, we're trying to invest in football pitches. We're trying to let youngsters play on football pitches, on, on grass, on synthetic. And I'm working at the FA since 2006. It's something I've been sort of, I've looked into and, and been really passionate about. And it's one of the FA's main objectives as well um, in their plan going forward, investing in sport surfaces for youngsters to play sport. You never know, one of those children one day could be at Wembley playing football. Um, and that's sort of the big picture and the real key thing. 
and with that there are so many grassroots teams around um and it's really i mean yesterday um i was up at cranfield united um which is just uh just by milton Keynes, and i, I went to see cranfield united wesley matthews who's their head groundsman he's a volunteer he um, had a double glazing company that he works for and runs during the week and volunteering he will look after cranfield's pitch um in his own time um they're a step seven team um in the football tiers and uh, and that's something I've been really keen to try and help and, and offer education and just offer someone to talk to. And if they've got any thoughts or what do you think about this? And so like, yeah, yesterday, the final example, Cranfield United um, went to see Wesley, um, his chairman, Stuart. Um, and for two and a half hours, we, we walked around the pitch. We were discussing everything from pitch maintenance. And and it's, it's a two way street. It really is, um, because I can also learn from these guys about how do you do something on a football pitch with minimal budget and how do you do it we're very lucky here at Wembley for what we have but for me also I also learn in return um and it's been great we've, we've had a few projects with Hastings United um and it's part of our awards that we have every September or late August we'll have the um the groundspersons award for the FA which we then celebrate grassroots football and the grounds people who put their own time, their own effort and a lot of time, a lot of effort and also their own finances into these grassroots pitches that sometimes we all take for granted when we walk past or when we drive past or when we're playing on. And um, every year we celebrate at the FA um, the work that's undertaken and some of the stories, some of the things we hear during these awards is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's a real passion for myself um, and Andy Gray, um, head of grounds and estates up at St George's Park and two things that we're really, really involved in um, with the FA and, and going forward. Nice, nice. And and do you feel that the grassroots pitches have improved over the years considering all your years of experience? Yeah, I do. I think it, it goes to show with yesterday's visit to Cranfield and, and discussing with Wes. One of my questions to him was, how do you think the industry has improved and how do you think the pitches have improved within grassroots? And uh, and he was talking about, obviously, within Wembley, um, St George's Park, our training venue in the home of the England teams. Again, we're always striving for that perfection. We're always pushing ahead. We have ideas, but we don't keep it in-house. We also have our social media, um, whether it's the St George's Park Twitter page, whether it's Wembley Stadium's Twitter page or social media pages, LinkedIn, whether it's our own personal accounts as well, and whether it's our own contact. I mean, everyone now has got a phone, everyone's got a WhatsApp. Um, and where we've shared how we've grown over the years, we've done it with everyone else around us and with us. So speaking to Wes yesterday, and it's a great example, um, he's saying, well, what you guys are doing at Wembley, St George's Park, the Premier League teams, the championship teams, all the other sports involved, you're all trying to progress your sports surfaces, which means at the grassroots level, we've done the same. We know what a germination sheet does now. We know how to watch the weather. We know when to and when not to roll the pitch or vertidrain or spike or aerate or seed or feed. Whatever the practice may be, they've felt they've got contact with we're not volunteers at the end of the day. We are grounds managers of our venues, um, but they have contact with us to ask us questions. So, yeah, I think the pitches have massively improved um, and they are going to improve over the next few years and beyond that as well, I feel. And considering that clubs are um, contacting you for, for advice, like you just mentioned, is there any like key advice you would give to grass club, grassroots clubs around the country? 
Yeah, um, biggest one. I think we're all quite guilty of it, and it's it's asking questions. Um, this morning again, I was having a conversation with uh, with someone at Twickenham Stadium, the grounds manager there. Um, yesterday, I was having a conversation with Wesley at Cranfield United, a step a step seven team within grassroots. So these are the sort of important things that asking questions and no question is a silly question. Um, biggest thing we're governed by is Mother Nature. Um, it's when it rains, it rains. When it snows, it snows. When it's sunny, it's sunny. We're not in control of that. We can only do what we can do when the weather allows us. So again, it's a simple thing of looking at a weather app, doing some homework on a web page, finding out when can I put a machine through my pitch? Is it too wet? Is it too dry? Um, you've got some fantastic things within social media, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp. You've also got things like the Groundsman's Hub on, on the Hive, the FA Hive, which is by the Football Foundation, the FA and Premier League. And again, that's a, another area where people can dial into and ask a question, should I do this or should I not? Again, there's no such thing as a silly question. So again, I think that's where the education is also coming through as well, of people are asking questions, they're then going and implementing them. In a year's time, they've got that experience because they asked the question, they've done it right or they've done it wrong, they've learned from it or they've seen it to success. And that's, again, something that pushes the industry forward and helps people with their own playing services. Nice. Uh, well, that, that does some great piece of advice. Um, and with that, we reached the end of the uh, interview. Uh, thanks for joining us, Carl. And it was really great to hear all your stories, advice and plans for the future. And it has been very insightful. So thank you very much for joining us and see you soon. No, thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for listening to another one of our Stoppage Time podcasts. To keep up to date with everything going on at Surrey FA, why not follow us on social media? You'll find us at Surrey FA on Twitter and Facebook at Surrey County FA on Instagram and Surrey FA TV on YouTube. Take care and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast.